and welcome back to Chewing Cut with Zhang and Chang. Thank you so much for keeping up with our podcast. In today's session, we'll be sharing some of our never revealed stories about ourselves. As mentioned in the last episode, without self-awareness, some of us might not even know our worth and get so easily affected by what people say about us. For that, we have decided to create this episode to share our journey in overcoming low self-worth. We hope this could inspire you to improve your own and speak up as well. For now, settle down because the following stories are super sincere and close to our hearts. So I'm gonna go first with a story in my teenage years about my desperation to find friends. Anybody close to me now can say that I definitely tend to contemplate a lot, and the thing is, I have been an overthinker since very early on. Thus, I always had this desire to be understood, to have my thoughts and emotions, which were already quite deep and emo by then, understood. You know, when we watch movies, read books, and listen to songs, there's always this concept of soulmate or perfect besties. They are almost like designed for each of us. I really believed in that back then, so that phase was pretty much me being so desperate in finding a soulmate or best friend that could sympathize with me, that could feel the way I feel, get what I want to say right at first glance or first sentence. To the point that I was ready to agree to so many things, go out of my ways to please my friends, even when I didn't. Feel like that? I would think to myself, like, if it shows her how much she meant to me, she might care about me the same amount. Clearly, I was having problems saying no. Once in a while, I might say no, but I would end up feeling so regretful and try to make it up for the bestie. Even after it became plain and clear as day that they didn't cherish me as much, I still had difficulties letting go of them. After a few years like that, I got so angry that I shut people out entirely, and focused on just studying, and released the things I had to say on a different outlet, which was an anonymous blog at that time. Even now, when I go to high school class meetup, they would still call me as the secretary, cause that's all I was back then—the serious, quiet secretary with pretty handwriting and good grades. Later, when I start having friends again, I would keep them at a distance, remind myself from time to time that things might not work out, and constantly thought of the worst case scenario, as well as unconsciously look for signs that they might be taking advantage of me, or they were just pretending to like me. So those are the dark phases. After that, I went to uni. My confidence rose. Uni has changed me so much. And most important of all, I start living alone. Thanks to all those that I realized I had been seeking the understanding from others without ever acknowledging myself. That there's still a part of me back then that still thought thinking a lot was bad and unnecessary. That the thoughts I had were weird and all exaggerated. It was not my friends' faults that I unconsciously had this high expectation of them. And even though I used to talk angrily about high school as the darkest period of my teenage, because of this and 
many other reasons. I also came to understand that it has also changed parts of me for the better, and taught me that even if my soulmate is out there, probably got lost somewhere along the way, that person wouldn't be able to understand me as much as I can understand myself. I'm the only one who has been there for myself through everything. The thoughts and feelings I have are felt and experienced by me only. So the relationships I have now are more of extensions of the relationship with myself. I bond in order to learn from my friends' perspectives. I express my compassion when I feel like it, not because I want to appear as the best best friend. Lastly. I know my limits and never hesitate to state it more clearly, especially to the people I want to keep in my close circle. So yeah, that's my first story. It feels really relieved to just say it all out. What do you think about it? Like, do you have any comment? Of course. So as far as I understand, you have somewhat overcome the phase of finding a close friend, like. Totally left your trust issues behind, and you are no longer a people pleaser. I am also happy for you that you have focused on trying to understand and getting in tune with yourself instead of unconsciously chasing after those who don't cherish you. It's amazing. Yeah, it took some suffering to learn the hard lessons, and when I stop desperately looking, good friends just naturally come my way. But let's move to your stories now. All right. So, the story I'm going to tell you will illustrate a scenario where I don't feel comfortable being myself. It all started when I was in around grade seven. I was very small and thin back then. I wore these red glasses with unfashionable clothes and hairstyle. Back then, I wasn't as open and talkative as I am now. Totally not a social butterfly like you think. And I've been quite sensitive and short-tempered since those days, to the point where people always label me a grimace, kind of a grumpy girl who was difficult to approach. But in fact, I felt like no one wanted to approach and be friend with me. I only had this group of girlfriends to play with, and I rarely communicate with others, especially the boys in class. And. The tension within me and between me and others, kind of ignited from an incident when some boys said that I was ugly. I was the ugliest of all girls. It was more ironic was that I had a tiny little crush on one of those boys, and it kind of hit me. I felt totally dejected. And worse, at that time. I let that soul statement define who I was, and how I felt about myself. I felt like I wasn't enough, and I was super insecure about my appearance. I thought my look was what made those boys disgust me, and hindered me from having more friends and being treated equally. My self confidence decreased even more when I got into an accident and got a really big scar on my knee. And since then, I stopped wearing dresses because I think my scar is disgusting and ugly. I hid it under long trousers because I don't want people to see more imperfections from me. 
and in that days I already wondered of who could possibly befriend me and not to mention love a girl like me. So I tried to prove that I can be pretty as well. And for that moment, I only hoped that one day those boys would regret their sayings. But no matter I tried to invest in myself, like putting on cosmetics from very early age, wearing cute accessories, applying all types of home remedies, creams and lotions, etc. There's no way I can feel more confident and satisfied about the way I look. In those days, all I thought of were that looks matter. Looks are everything. I didn't understand the fact that being unattractive is not the end of the world. I blame myself for being unattractive. And I thought that if I were prettier, then people, especially the boys, would regard me more. They would see me differently and treat me more fairly like they treat other girls. I only felt better about being myself until I got to grade 9. That was when my 7th grade crush left, and the rest became more friendly to me. In grade 9, I talked more frequently, I told jokes, and I laughed more. I was so much more cheerful than I was years before. I was somewhat less grumpy. And that was all the time I started to notice that people don't be friends with me because of the way I look. I still remember the last few days at school. I received a confession complimenting on my laugh. I didn't expect to have someone like me for the way I sound. I received a sorry letter from one of the boys I mentioned earlier and there were various letters writing about how they enjoyed playing and sharing things with me as a friend. Since then, I start to realize appearance isn't everything. It doesn't define who I am and the connections I hope to build up around me. I think I became less worried about the way I look as I stopped putting a thick layer of makeup daily. I put on dresses again the first time when I got to grade 12. I cannot dye my hair or curl my hair like other girls, so I kept it straight, but I still felt comfortable with it. Even though it took me a while to realize that my worth didn't depend on my look, I'm glad that I finally feel more comfortable being myself, like I am an imperfect but improving human being. Mm. But are you still insecure? Like, do you care about your look still? I think I'm not insecure about my appearance as much as I was, but the anxiety is definitely still there. With the booming of social media like nowadays, there are moments I still compare my look with others, but the desire of having better physical appearance in order to be appreciated isn't there anymore. I found out that there is facial traits that I once thought hideous when I was smaller, are actually unique. And I know that there's many talented and kind people out there who can enchant others with their one-of-a-kind characteristics. And for that, I feel like if my look is only like so-so, I can make up for it with occasional touch-up and with my inner self, my personality, and let's just say my cheery laugh. This is just my personal opinion and maybe it's not how everybody thinks. 
but I'm gonna add、uh, up to your stories like this is that when I get to talk to people, I care much about how they look, like maybe their overall appearance or attire, but not the church or anything, cause that's not the most important thing to me. Likewise, when I see people in social media, I might be like, "Wow, she's pretty. He's handsome." For just a few seconds, and after that, I probably won't remember much about them, you know. Often, what attracts me most would be what they said, their viewpoint of things, and I myself want to be remembered for the way I see things too, more than the way I look. I mean, it would be nice to be complimented for our look. But it's very short-lived. Plus, from my own experience, to talk with someone pretty versus talk with someone that shares a connection with you, that is on the same wavelength as you, are two totally different things. So, when it comes to that, I feel like physical appearance doesn't matter much, at least to me.、Um, yeah. Anyway, I hope that makes you feel better. Thank you. I really need to hear this. Like. Even though I think I have gained more confidence about myself, sometimes I still let this appearance anxiety affect me and my love life. Not long before, I still had the fear of being the one left behind because I realized that there are so many people out there that are prettier and interesting than I am, while I am only average and hot temper. I also felt like I wouldn't be able to find any man who can tolerate my madness and tempers, so I had the tendency to blame myself when relationships fell apart. But then I realized that I am also unique and I have bright sides, and I did try to fulfill the relationship. So I stopped blaming myself and being pessimistic about the future. You know. It actually took me a while, but I think I am worthy of love as well. And for the relationships that already passed, I think that is simply because, at that time, what I value didn't align with them anymore, and vice versa. Maybe not now, but in the future, we'll each find a soulmate. Let's have hope. <laughs> but like you said, um. I think it would be better to stay alone and wait for someone that you can truly connect with, instead of staying in one relationship that feels like is only getting worse, despite you're trying so hard, just because you fear there will never be anyone like that person.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, after all, like I said again and again, we have to seek love and validation from within. Okay, so so far we have had stories with friends. Boyfriends. Now, my next story is gonna be about family, in particular, my very complex relationship with mom and dad. But today, I'll just mention a very small part of it. So, in my family, we never really share much with each other about our. Everything was always just small talks and responsibilities, and nothing more. So it felt to me back then that all I meant to them was just a good daughter, who never talked back, and who always got good grades. Because of that, the pressure from that got extremely high, especially during my high school years. Yeah, that face again. School, then evening classes till nine, dinner by myself, then back to my room, 
where I would feel so lonely and alone, like being in a totally separate dimension from the others. Logically, I knew that many also had to stay up till 3 or 4 a.m. like I did, but what I felt deeply in my heart was desperate loneliness and exhaustion. I wanted to scream so bad, but it felt like my voice got drowned out totally, and when the morning came, all people cared about was my grades, not the effort which I had to pay every single day. And when I failed to do that one job I was supposed to handle, it felt like people were criticizing me for being lazy, even when all I did was just try my best. I guess the fact that the schools I went to were all top schools full of talented people was part of the reasons as well. The emotional tightness would later materialize into physical reactions, which I didn't note as unwell back then, such as racing heart, numbness in hands and feet, stomach ache, constantly pulling at my hair, scratching at the skin of my head, on my back, until there's blood. These symptoms have reduced your time, but that period back in high school was the longest and most stressful. Later, I would change so much that those years became a distant past, but that feeling of hopelessness is still so vivid to me every time I look back. Again, I did not blame anybody, not my parents or those people or not even myself. I also realized the need to embrace my younger self, to acknowledge that I back then was not okay and reflect on that. Notice how I used to struggle so much, yet I'm still here living and facing more complex challenges. It's just always fascinating to see how far we have come and that we're capable of so much more. You can see that I've been talking a lot about my concerns towards my appearance and body image, always questioning how others perceive me and I even let others' opinion define me. I had the tendency to blame myself for people leaving me. And those constant concerns are in fact linked to low self-worth. And it really affected my mental health. From my side of the stories, I noticed that one of the most dominant symptoms is that you would often go out of your way to please other people. Thus, it would make it difficult for you to say no and create boundaries, speak up and prioritizing your own needs, wants, and feelings. Another one is that negative self-talk. For me, it was like I'm having unnecessary thoughts, it sucks to be me. And then, for some people, like in the second part of my first story, you could also experience social withdrawal as well. Like, you have trust issues and you don't want to interact with others, like friends and your family members. And all these would later uh, lead to anxiety, emotional distress, or panic disorder. If you ever find yourself constantly worrying about the way you look, second-guessing how you act, finding yourself trying to please others, and questioning how others perceive you, keep listening. In the next part, We'll share with you some of the solutions to overcoming these symptoms. So for the solutions, I'll start first. 
The first solution that I think would be applicable to most of us is that we should all seek outside support. Like having a network of caring people who value you and want you to value yourself can be helpful as you work toward improving your self-esteem. Secondly, as we mentioned in previous episode, it is really important to notice your thoughts and actively identify cognitive distortions, which are the negative ways of thinking that treats your perception of reality. A mind is not sane when you're just sitting there stuck in the addictive circles of negative thinking. Sometimes we think that one bad experience would predict the future, or we focus on the negative side but disregard totally the positive parts. Thus, it's necessary to keep tabs of the reality, our thought patterns, and replace them with more positive, realistic mindsets. The next solution might sound pretty cliche, but I would have to say this again, is that we always have to stay physically active and do things that make us feel good. The thing is, when you're just sitting there and you're raising thoughts, you're not actually doing anything. Not to mention your mind at that point is not even sane. So, to help you stay present first, and when you have calmed down, then you can revisit the problem. Practice self-acceptance. Value yourself. Spend time thinking about the things you have accomplished and the things you take pride in. You should celebrate even on your smallest accomplishments and allow yourself to appreciate your worth and your talents without making comparison or focusing on things that you'd like to change. Remember that everybody is different and you don't know all the things going on behind the scene. From my talk to some of the professionals, they also told me that when you volunteer to help others, which is you give your values to the society, it is also a great way to build your resilience and boost your overall well-being. The next thing is something that I get from my own experience is that you have to practice self-compassion and befriend yourself. Remember, you are the only one who has been there for yourself since the beginning and till the end. The thoughts and emotions you have are experienced by yourself only. Even when you try to express them for others to understand, they would only get the version you're describing with words. And to the best of their ability to perceive only, they don't feel it like you do. So why not come back to yourself? You have the ability to understand and love yourself the most. Plus, imagine all those mean things you say to yourself, and I would say it to your friends. Can you? Also, imagine all those good things you've done for your friends. Why don't you do it to yourself? Receiving disparaging words for people around is already hard, so I think we better embrace ourselves more, with kind words at least. We can love or hate ourselves more just because of our inner voice. We need to befriend ourselves. It's vital to stop comparing yourself with others. Constant comparison only leads to insecurity, and each of us is unique and worthy in our own ways. And if you ever felt the need of clinging to a relationship, scared to be left behind, that I guess you haven't loved yourself enough, and you, like I did, we should look inward and take care of ourselves more.
The last solution is something that I don't think we're doing enough, is that we should thank our body. Our body are designed to laugh, to learn, to enjoy life to the fullest, not to look pretty according to some sporadic standards. Your body has enabled you to do everything you can till now, so don't take it for granted. Just remember that we are all worthy of love, even in different ways. All in all, today I and Zhang have taken a refreshing approach and shared the very personal stories that we don't normally talk about with our friends, family, or even to each other. We hope that this would encourage you to tell your own stories, and that you would feel the relief and comfort as we did. Our Gmail is always open if you need a good friend to talk to, and if you want more casual, authentic talks like this, press the follow button to stay updated. Sweet dreams, and I wish you all a wonderful week ahead.